And here we go, folks. We're back again with Inside Middle Tennessee. And that gravelly frog in my throat <laughs> is the result of the tree pollen for about the last week and a half. I think I weeks. have it, too. Uh, I think if you live in Murray County, you have Hey, it. Sheila, there's a microphone that you may want to get, you, get in front of. <laughs> if you live in Murray County, you've got allergies. It's part of the honor of living here. <laughs> that that and kidney stones with, yes, with well, the limestone and water. People say, I never had allergies till I moved to Tennessee. Well, there's a good reason for that. We live in this bowl they call the dimple of the universe, and everything blooms at once. There's a good reason for that. It's called the Central Basin. I thought it, literally, I thought it was called the Nashville Basin. If I Yeah, it is. It is the Nashville Basin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's huge. It's huge. If you look at a topography map, it's. It encompasses nearly all of Middle Tennessee. Yeah. 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 And we really are. We really are in a declivity here. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess at one time it was the tip of a glacier. Probably. uh, As it funneled on down. And, And Sarah Elizabeth is having technical difficulties here. So we're trying we're trying to make do. Anyway, I'm Jim Ross. We got Terry Wilcox on the board. Hey. We got Sheila Hickman and Sarah Elizabeth Hickman McLeod yeah, here back. today. Yes, Representative Scott Sapicki is in session. Seems like they're having a, a great good time up there. Well, they're, <laughs> they're trying to trying to wrap things up. Yes. And to get out of Dodge. Yeah. Yes. And get and get out of Dodge too. And I'll, I got a question for y'all. See if y'all know the answer to it. What is that about law stuff? Considering that um, Scott is not here, we hear a whole lot about red flag laws, and some states have them, and some states don't, and all this other kind of stuff. We ought to explain, and I can't do it because I don't know exactly what a red well, flag might, law. But yeah, what I'll is a red a flag stab law? At it. Yeah. If, if a person, and this may not be. Quite the thing, but and we're not under- going to hold you to it. All right, my understanding is if a person has um, been noted to have serious mental problems or some disabling quality that would make him unsuitable to own a gun, then th- they'll put a red flag on by his name. Does that make sense, I Mr. Think, T. I, Willie? I think that's about the simplest way to say it. It's just uh, people that may be a harm to themselves. Or other people, yeah, and, yeah. and it does, and it's not permanent either. I mean, it's just some, no, it's a, and it's, they can challenge it too. Yeah, it's a temporary removal of firearms from a person who believes uh, that they they believe they may present a danger to others or to themselves. All right, so it does give the law enforcement the authority mm-hmm. to yeah. kind of go in, and you know, I can see why it's controversial. Oh yes, you know. Uh, well, you could say somebody was crazy just so you didn't want them to have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> there could be a lot of gray areas Ooh, there. a lot of gray areas. Yeah. There could be a ton of it. And yeah. and then just but think of the implications to it. You know, we, we think of our of our houses and homes as kind of sacred space. Yeah. But And you're giving a, a governmental authority the authority to breach your, your yeah. household on maybe on hearsay yeah yeah and you know i mean there's a there's a lot of um issues with it you still yeah the person 
and most of them they would get a chance to defend themselves. And you got to prove that it's it's true. It can't be just frivolous saying, "Hey, Jim, I think you're a danger to us <laughs> because you're wearing them shorts today." But anyway, that's right. <laughs> that's no. right. I am a danger, by right. golly. But so I mean, there's there's, there's more to you. They can make it as. Well, yeah, as much as they want. And, and there is one state in the United States that has anti-red flag laws, and that's Oklahoma, yeah. where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. Sheila's going to break in the song and here. Now in a I'm singing it in my head. <laughs> the, but my question about about this, as well as other things that have been passed. Who is in charge of enforcing it, and will we create another level of bureaucracy to to oversee this and to enforce it? How, how's this going to work? Yeah, no, no. You know, it's easy, as I say about education. You can write anything you want to on a piece of paper, but that doesn't make it workable. Yeah, not not a bit. No, no, not a bit. So. All right, folks, weather-wise, I think we're supposed to be, what, 75 or 76 today? With and some storms. With I some think. storms. Well, yeah. it looked like this morning, because, you know, the closer they get to it, the more accurate they can get. But it looks like it's not going to hit here until 5 or 6. Yeah, in the after. Everybody gets hope. Yeah, everybody gets it. We could use, It's isn't it, isn't it funny, as wet as we've been this winter, we, we need some rain. Yeah, right now it's a little dry out there. It is. It is. It's very dry. Very dry. And and I know the people who have fertilized their fields and who are preparing to plant would be glad to have some rain. Yeah, to 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 water all that stuff in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sheila, how many acres do y'all have? Well, we farm. We we have in, in our little what we own. We have about twenty acres. But we farm more than that because we mow hay for our neighbors. And people who have joined in property and anybody who, lots of times they will have, let us have the hay to get it off the land. Yeah. But then some of them we have an agreement with. We pay them a percentage or a roll of hay or something. And yeah. So. But but I guess a hundred acres or more yeah, we yeah. farm. Yeah, well, you don't know how big that is until you start doing well, it. Well, <laughs> we, Mother and I and Ellie Grace dread this time of year. We feel like we're abandoned due to the hay field. But hay, it reigns supreme. <laughs> and so we just get, sometimes if they're in the hay field, Sean and Daddy, we'll just leave. Like, we'll we'll get in the car and go somewhere. Well, so. they hadn't made the first cut yet. No, 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 no. 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 They're it's prepping. We're, way too, we're yeah. getting ready to fertilize. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. No, no, it'll be May. It'll be May, June. It'll be May. And, yeah. and the, the red it, clover's blooming yeah, right now. Yeah, the crimson clover is blooming, all, and it is so pretty. That is the prettiest crop. We were out at Antrim this past Sunday, and they had quite a bit of, mm-hmm. of it's the so red-tip, pretty. red-tip clover. Yeah. It evidently makes really good hay, too. It does. You cannot bale it till it dries a little bit. Because it will founder horses. It, yeah, it'll still be green. It'll be too green to be useful. You know, I just... I, I learn stuff every day. In here. I, I never in my whole life, of course, I grew up on that farm, but I never thought I'd be in the farming business and have three tractors or whatever we've got. I, nobody ever, and then Eddie's a town boy. He didn't know anything about farming. but uh, He took to it pretty well. Yeah, he did. My daddy was a great influence on him, and he learned so much from my daddy, and he'd tell you that too, because... 
I, although my daddy grew up on that farm and farmed as a young man with mules, he when he came, we moved to town and he went to work for the carbon plant. But he was still bent on farming. And when I was probably in maybe in elementary school or maybe first at Whitthorn, he decided he'd make one more crop. And so it just was in. He just needed to plant one more crop. And and what we have what we call the backfield where my Cousin Brenda, my double first cousin Brenda and her brother David have a farm. That's the backfield. And so when we were little, he decided we're going to plant one more crop. So we did. And we had more fun planting that corn. And we rode on the corn planter. Brenda and I had, he put us a, a plank or a seed or something. We can't remember how it was. But we rode on the corn planter. When Daddy planted the corn, and and we found that corn planter in a rusty old corner condition, and Sarah Elizabeth got in her front yard. <laughs> <laughs> Much to Mother's chagrin, she does. Well, not it's want about it. to go to the recycling department. <laughs> well, I'm thinking about you riding on that, you know. And there it is. It was so much fun. Oh yeah, it and is so dirt, much fun. And that and dirt was rolling up under our feet. If Brenda's listening, she can tell you about that too. We had more fun. We thought that was the grandest thing that ever was. Well, this all, but the things going through my head is is statistically. I can't say it today. Um, farming is one of the most dangerous professions. Yeah, yeah, there it's, is. There's about twenty five or thirty different ways it can kill you. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a daddy had a first cousin who was killed over there um, uh, because a tractor over there on the Mahon Road, I think, because a tractor turned over on him. And yeah, this mowing was, the side of a hill, I bet you it was one mm-hmm. of those hills. Yeah. And the center of gravity got yeah, and it, and yeah. it rolled on. That happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But that, but. Um, but we th- we didn't think there was anything dangerous about it. It's like riding the mule. We didn't think there was anything dangerous about it. Just get on. Yeah, until until you get thrown off. Yeah, you know, until it heads to the barn. Yeah, until you have mother. <laughs> but you know, home. things that we thought were so much fun were just simple things like that. And now, if you ask somebody if would you like to go with me to ride the corn planter? First of all, they'd say, what is a corn planter? Doesn't corn come from Kroger's? Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't begin to know. And there's still a good pe- good many people who farm. We are a very small farmer, very small. Well, yeah. and if you didn't have a, a safety belt or a harness on there, people would be horrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, and... But we didn't think you'd think about no, that. No, but Granddaddy still did a garden up until he died, yeah. and and would give okra. He would always he prided himself on raising good crops of okra, and he would he would he got, share the well. He could have he could have made a lot of money with his fed fr- half vegetables. of Murray County with a half acre garden. He'd, he'd yeah. say, uh, I'd say, hey, Daddy, you know how much okra is at Kroger's? He said, oh, we're just giving this away. And a lot of times he would he would uh, wash it and clean it and put it in, in Ziploc bags. And, and bring it. <laughs> so, but, Did um, he pickle? No. Well, Aunt Grace pickled. Or, or canned? They, they canned. My great-aunt Grace, who my, my child is partly named after, they the last time they canned they canned tomatoes. Oh, that's and they did it outside. It was so funny. We pulled up and this they is my granddaddy on the grill. Yeah, cooking my granddaddy and his youngest sister. They were sitting out in the backyard with their chairs and doing that, and then they sealed up the the cans and no, the jars, the jars, and put them in 
the house, and my granddaddy was a mason. He was a member of the Columbia Blue Lodge, and him and his brother, Merrill, would go to the Blue Lodge on Thursday nights religiously. Yes, you don't get in their way. They're no, going to the Blue Lodge. They're headed out the door. They're headed out the door. And um, my cousin Bert lived with my grandfather. And Bert called Mama. He and he said, said, <laughs> said, you better come down here, Sheila. These things are exploding. <laughs> <laughs> and we had the biggest mess you have ever seen. We managed to get, they were quart jars. And something went wrong with the canning process, and they all went boom. <laughs> we had to get we had to get them out of that kitchen. We would have had tomatoes all over everything. But were they fermenting or whatever? I guess just... something wasn't right. Yeah, Brene said the seals were. He, uh, said, he old. thought it was the fault of the lids, <laughs> but we, you've never seen such a mess. Exploding tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if and if a sheriff's deputy wandered in a room after that, he he would think there'd been a killing. Oh yeah, yeah. it was just terrible. It'd be red everywhere. Yeah. And it was. It was like a chain reaction. So bloop, 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 bloop. We got a big bucket or something and got them out of there. But we, we have all kinds of useless stories. Useless like stories. But there's something about that working in the dirt. Mama has always. She gardens. Oh, I do, I do too. I enjoy There's something about it. good for you. Something about dirt. But when Ellie Grace was a toddler, my cousin Bert and his wife, they decided that they were going to plant potatoes. And we dug potatoes. And Ellie Grace, as a toddler, was in that dirt oh, for like good as for many you. of the generations that have lived out there. Starting out in that dirt. There's just something about that dirt. So... You know, how good do you think it would be for a whole lot of people to go witness a hog killing? Oh, we, oh, well, we were that, talking about that the other oh, day. Well, that will give you a new appreciation for pork. But, I, <laughs> I, but I, I've told you, I've seen everything that you could do. Well, not quite everything. I, I never, They never would let me watch hog killing. And I can remember standing in my grandmother's bedroom looking out the window and crying because they wouldn't let me go out there. There were certain things young ladies were not to go do. No, you didn't get to do that. So, Well, I'll tell you what, folks. (laughs) Here's one thing that we're going to get to do. We're going to get to take a break. And we're going to pay a few bills. And we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more. We stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee. And Sarah Elizabeth, you got a shout-out. I have a shout-out. Baker Elementary School um, is having their Moana Junior uh, show uh, tonight and two shows tomorrow at Central High School. Um, tonight it starts at six thirty. And Tell everybody what it is. So <laughs> it's a production of Moana Junior. So Moana is a Disney movie. It's based in the Polynesian Islands, um, and the kids have been working on this since February. And um, Ellie Grace is not in it, but some of our friends' children are in it. Uh, and it's, they have worked really hard and they've got a lot of cool sets, a lot of costuming. Um, I believe tickets are $5. So it's cheap fun, cheap fun. So it's at Columbia Central High School in the auditorium, uh, tonight, April 21st at 630 and tomorrow, um, two, it's, they have a matinee at 2.30 and then a night show at 6.30. So go out and support these children that have worked so hard to do a miniature version of a Broadway play. <laughs> so. I, I admire the teacher. 
for undertaking such a project with elementary school children. He must be very good. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, you know, they're going to, they're going to flub lines. It's going to be funny. Yes. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's really good. They've been practicing this week. Um, One of my friend's son's in it and he has several different uh, roles and I've been keeping up with what's going on. (laughs) With the play, so, but well, I that'll think... That'll be cute. That will be cute, so... Well, other than that, do you yes, have I, a history I moment? I do, I do. So, you gave me a, an assignment last week, and I, I did I did my homework, and I actually used lined notebook paper because my printer is out of ink at my house. Uh, so, anyway, Kazmar Pulaski. 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 Um, he was a brigadier general uh, in the American Revolution. He was consider- he is considered the father of the American cavalry. Really? Yes. No, I didn't know that part. No, about no. I learned some stuff last night. Um, well, that's good. We want to keep learning. Nathan so, Bedford Forrest probably look, could learn a little something. Probably. From him. Probably so, studied him. Probably did. He was born in Poland. In uh, in 1745 in Warsaw um, on March the fourth, um, he um, his legend has inspired names of towns, counties, parades, schools, roads, bridges. There's all kinds of stuff named after him. Um, I think we'd kind of take Pulaski, Tennessee, for granted in some yes. ways, or the name down mm-hmm. there. We do. Um, he fought. Uh, for his home country against uh, the Russians, he helped create. He was a part of the Confederation of the Bar that declared a rebellion um, to uh, remove Russian influence in Poland. He was then. He then fleed to France. No, he fled. He fled. <laughs> See, get her, Sheila. Yeah, get, her. Yeah. get her. Get her. Get her. Get her. Get her. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before he left Poland, went to Prussia, and then to the Ottoman Empire, and then went to France. And in France, he had the opportunity to meet Napoleon, Benjamin Franklin. Oh shoot! Yeah, because oh, he well, spent a lot late. of time it's over there. It's too late for Napoleon. <laughs> Yeah. Erase that. Yeah, he spent a, uh, spent a lot of time in, in fact, France. He, he, was, he stayed over there way too long. We think of him as a wonderful man, and he was so smart. But but he just forsook his family and went over there and stayed forever. And his his son was a Tory governor. Yeah. So that's Jersey. a whole nother. I was going to say, we got a whole nother history yeah. moment that coming be next up. Week. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin will be next week. But, um, but Pulaski, uh, he arrived in the United States in 1777 uh, to serve in Washington's army where he helped form the American Cavalry. Um, he's given a lot of credit of saving Washington's life during the Battle of Brandywine in September of 1777. Um, and he then was stationed in Charleston. He was also part of the Battle of Germantown. Um, And on October 11th, 1779, he was mortally wounded in the Battle of Savannah or the Siege of Savannah. So, Georgia. Savannah, Georgia. Um, He was uh, charging um, a British position, but he was struck by grape shot and died a few days later. Uh, And so, I thought this was kind of neat. You know, to kind of for put it in perspective, uh, to and to define grape shot, grape shot is is like you took a half gallon can and loaded it 
with golf balls except they're except they're lead. Yes. And then you fired them, and they're like a they're like a shotgun effect out of a cannon, and getting hit by even by one of them, it probably you're you're toast. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. very toast. But before he was killed in Savannah, he raised an independent cavalry unit for the Army. He took recruit, recruits from Baltimore. Um, he called it the Cavalry Legion. He equipped and armed them as lancers and dragoons in the Polish style. So the Polish style military uniforms, very, it's got a lot of braiding and yeah, it's very, very elaborate. Very elaborate. A lot of the Europeans do. Yes. Yeah. Sort yes. of make think of the... Uh, people that that guard buckingham palace only more ornate yes. than that yeah. yeah um and so he trained them in the polish style trained them in the standards of the polish cavalry so um i thought that was that was pretty well, cool they'd had a lot of experience over there being much older than we are yes um and i i did say this while we were researching this the british dragoons that were during the american revolution were ruthless and terrible and they did a lot of bad things during the American Revolution. Um, you can see some of that in that the movie The Patriot that Mel Gibson is in, how yeah. the British dragoons... Well, they burned the White House. Yeah, yeah, they were terrible. But, um, was that 1812 when they burned the White, White yeah, House? Yeah, that's yes, 1812. Yes. We didn't have the White House yeah. till, till the 18th. Yeah. So um, Pulaski was disliked by his contemporaries. Really? I didn't. I, I didn't realize Maybe that. that was professional jealousy. Yeah, Probably I was going to so. say. Probably so. But um, after he died, and after the revolution, he became an important symbol of both American and Polish independence for his uh, battlefield valor, both in Europe and North America. In two thousand and nine, the U.S. Senate granted him posthumously U.S. citizenship. Huh. There's only about nine, eight to nine people that have gotten that. Really? Yes. Um, and then we were talking last week about monuments and that kind of stuff. So well, that, it makes sense. You said he was killed in Savannah, mm-hmm. that Tybee Island, which is right off, yeah, which is part of Savannah, so yes. to speak, yes. is where they would name a, that fort, yeah, that yes. outdated yes. fort. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the first monument was put up in Savannah, Georgia in 1854. Then there was a bust of him that was put in the... Uh, the U.S. Capitol in 1867, another statue in 1910. Um, October 11th is General Pulaski Memorial Day. Ha! October the 11th happens to be my birthday. Well, there well, you I go. So, by golly, it should. Yeah. Well, that, that is, that's why you thought of that. That's yes. right. So, there's a statue uh, in Monterey Square in Savannah. Like we were talking about, there's a lot of squares in this in Savannah. like 22. Something yeah. like that, Each yes. one more elaborate than, than the, the other. other. And they're beautiful, and the houses that surround them are just exquisite. It's laid out well. It's, oh, yes. It, you talk about a good city planner. Absolutely. It's called the Savannah Plan, and yeah. um, there is a museum exhibit uh, in Savannah that has a table um, model of the Savannah Plan. And uh, it, John Bull, Bull, B-U-L-L, was one of the surveyors um, of that. Are we aware of any other cities, that notable cities, that are laid out like that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
I don't know either. You know, New York City is laid out in, in two different ways. Yeah. There's yes. Part of it's a grid, and then the other part of it's not, and it, it was added on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be another interesting show yeah, about talking would. about planning. Yeah. Um, also, there's a, a bronze statue, a 10-foot bronze statue of him in Pulaski Park in Milwaukee. Um, there's a bridge in New York, the Pulaski Bridge. There's the Pulaski Skyway in New Jersey. There's the Pulaski Highway in Baltimore. There's the Pulaski Highway in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, there, there was a postage stamp. There was a U.S. Navy ballistic missile submarine named after him. Uh, Fort Pulaski, as you talked. Uh, there are four cities in the United States named in his honor. There you go. I was going to ask my next question. <laughs> in Tennessee, Illinois, New York, and Wisconsin. Okay. And then there are counties. There is six counties in Virginia, Arkansas, as we alluded to last yeah. week, Georgia, Missouri, Kentucky, and Indiana. Huh. So uh, he was he he was of the rank of a brigadier general. So. You know, I wonder if we have any listeners out of Pulaski and whether or not they might know. find all this really very pretty interesting. interesting. It is very interesting. So, um, if you've ever if you've ever been to Pulaski, they have uh, most of us have been down that way. They have a very elaborate courthouse. Oh, it's beautiful. And when they got well, there's a story that goes with that. When they got ready to build their courthouse. Ours was done or was in process, and they came up here and looked ours over, and they said it was nice. And they said, well, we're going to build a better one than that in Pulaski. <laughs> and sure enough, they did. That That courthouse has such, it's, it's just beautiful. a bigger, bigger proportions than ours. It's just a bigger building. Well, it seems like it's a little more elaborate, it too. Is, I mean, it I, is. I mean, ours ours is, is that kind of that federal style. It is yeah. federal style. Yeah. You know, kind of big and blocky, but, but very pretty. Yeah. And, um, but the... But theirs seems to be have a lot more flair to it. It does. It does. It in the inside. It's a different style. It is. It's. I guess that's more like the elaborate federal style. But they said we're gonna make one that's a lot fancier than yours, and sure enough, they did. <laughs> uh, but aren't we lucky that we've still got these courthouses? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the reason that we have a whole lot like the homes, you know, why we got all we have supposedly. Uh, in Middle Tennessee, the largest concentration of uh, what do you call the style of the big houses? Greco, Greek revival, but Greek revival, Greek revival, the Greek revival architecture. And the reason that we do is because Sherman did not come through here. No, yes. we are certainly glad. <laughs> yes. Boy, he he wiped out Georgia. He did. He, he did. Yeah. That that march to the sea was brutal. They talked about they warmed up uh, parts of the um, the train track and uh, warmed those the metal parts up and put them around trees and they were called Sherman Sherman's, ne- Sherman's ne- bow ties yeah or neckties so there's a, a little God. book I used to teach what does it take to to bend a railroad I don't know rail? but they did it I used to teach this little book by Faulkner called the Unvanquished. and there are two little boys in there who grow up together a little white boy and a little black boy. And and the little black boy has never seen a train. Remember, this is in the, in the Civil War, and they're way out in the country somewhere in Mississippi. And so when they finally do get to a place where he can see the train, 
Sherman has been there and taken up all the tracks and has <laughs> twisted them around the trees. And he said, does it come in here and run up and down the trees? <laughs> he said, he just, now imagine if you'd never seen a train trying to figure out what in the world. How, how it works. Yeah, how yes. it works when all the metal was wrapped around the trees. But there is a restaurant in Savannah, Georgia, that on the wall, a soldier drew Sherman's March to the Sea. Really? And you can see it. Kind of drew a map as Uh a mural? No, it's like... A real map? A real map they drew on a wall. And um, it's encapsulated. They they got it behind glass. But um, it's... It's cool. It's cool. Savannah, I've been twice... I would go tomorrow if somebody paid for oh, me yes. to go to it's, Savannah. It's, it's you can spend a week there. Yes. And, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And um, it's just, it's a long drive from here, but it's, it's good. That's the first out-of-state trip Sean McLeod and I took when we were dating, and we about killed each other when we got to Savannah because <laughs> we were so tired from driving. Yeah. Well, you so, went to be in a wedding. Yeah, I was in a wedding down there. Okay. One of my college friends and his wife got married down there. Well, my my stepson was in a wedding in Charleston last oh, uh, yes. last week. Of course, you know they kind of com- say that they're sister cities, so yeah. to speak. Yes, and but uh, but there is some jealousy. I imagine that there is. You know, in Charleston, just Charleston just kind of poo poos Savannah. <laughs> yes, says they're you know they're just the little the little sister. You know, and and of course you know Savannah wants to puff their chest out and and with a little. Uh, braggadocio, so to speak. Yes, and, and yes. All. But it's it's really it's really pretty wild. It is pretty wild, and you know? and when I was and it's a major port. It yeah, is that yeah, at Charleston was, boat. Yes, yeah. major, major port. Yes, you would see the the big container ships, ships yeah. coming in with all the containers in it. So, um, and that's where a great many of our ancestors in this part of the world came into Charleston Harbor. Before they came this way. Well, it's also where most of the slave trade came in. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. That was, I guess that was an accessible port, and and it was close to the south where they were needed. Well, it's also close, I mean, if you're going to take a direct shot out of of Africa to come come in there. Yeah. I think, you know, here's the funny thing, uh, or interesting thing. We took a walking tour of Charleston, and I would highly recommend. Oh, I bet that was good. It was. I would highly recommend people uh, take that if if they ever get a chance to go to Charleston. But I tell you what, folks, we're up against a break, and we're just, we're going to take one, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. I don't know about you, but I just love doing business with small businesses. You feel appreciated when you walk in, and they know your name. At Caledonian Financial, we try very hard to appreciate our clients. We value everyone, and we reject the idea that you're not worthy of advice if you don't have a certain amount of money. We love our neighbors, all of them. This is Monty Sneed with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee. And as usual... The side conversations we have during break are always <laughs> immensely interesting. Immensely mm-hmm. interesting, yes. particularly with Sheila Hickman in the room. We yes. probably ought to charge extra for. I all wonder of our how many and- how many students remember her teaching the unvanquished to her. To them, to them. Well, anyway, the unvanquished is, of course, Faulkner wrote so much. It's so hard to understand. Some of it you have to really get serious about. But the unvanquished is seven very loosely connected chapters about the Sardis family during the war. And it is so good. It is just so good. They they do the the chapters don't follow chronologically. I mean they're in order chronologically, but they don't go one day after the other. And it is it is such a good book. It is so much fun. And it talks I told you about those two little boys, a little black boy named Ringo and a little white boy named Bayard. And and they they did not know anything about race. He said, 
I wasn't a white boy anymore, and he wasn't a black boy anymore. We were like two feathers riding above a storm. No one ever told us there was a difference in the color of our skin, so we didn't know. And Ringo called Granny. Or never crossed their mind. That's right. Ringo called Granny, Granny just like I did. And she sat in his lap just like I did. And nobody ever made us know that there was a difference. And there's only one thing in that whole book that has any kind of racial overtone to it. And that's after they grow up. And and somebody tells them they're not supposed to be such, you know, such brothers. And and uh, that's the sad part of the book. But uh, during all their adventures together, they are uh, bosom friends, and uh, they decide that they're going to protect the protect the house. Everybody's gone, and they there's an old musket there that they have learned how to shoot. And because uh, by Ringo's grandfather has taught them how to shoot this musket, men will just teach anything so, <laughs> so so they decide that they're going to watch for the Yankees to come they're going to watch because they know they're Yankees in that part of Mississippi and they're going to watch so they have practiced from time to time and they they get in this little copse of cedar trees and they watch and they see a Yankee on a horse and they fire and when they fire, all those Yankees come this way, and he said, we better run, it's the whole Union Army. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get to the house, and Grandmother hides them under her hoop skirt because the Yankees come in to see who had fired on them. And she hides them under her hoop skirt, and she lies to protect them. must have been a little bitty. Yeah, well, they were just, yeah, I think there were seven, maybe, at this yeah. part of the story. Anyway, she hides them under her hoop skirt and lies that she there are no children on this place. And the, the uh, Yankee officer is just beside himself. He said, they shot at us. They killed our whole best horse, <laughs> and the whole regiment's waiting on them, waiting to bet on a horse race on Sunday, and they have killed our horse. <laughs> but it it is just a wonderful. What book. part of Mississippi is it? Is it? Well, you know, Faulkner he invented Yaknapatafa County. He just made that up. It means water runs slow through flat land. It's kind of Indian word. And he, he he drew a map. He just made a whole whole county, and he put people in it like the Compsons and the Sardises and all those people. He just made up made a whole county and put people in it. Well, you know, it is kind of interesting that the way some states are laid out. I mean, if you look at at, at the state of Tennessee, and you have all these counties. Well, they're named after prominent people and former governors and all that kind yes. of thing. And some presidents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, state of Tennessee at one time was going to be called Franklin. Yeah. Yes, the state of and, lost state. There's a whole thing about the lost state of Franklin. Yeah, all that kind of thing. But if you go down to Mississippi and if you look at, at, at a plat of the state of Mississippi yeah. with counties in it, a huge percentage, if not all the counties. Have Indians. Are, they're all Indian names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't pronounce most of them. I mean, it's just yeah. like. Uh, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, but Faulkner had decided that um, that he he would never live long enough to write about all those people that he had invented, 
and sure enough, he didn't. One time he went, uh, one time he went to Hollywood and he wrote for movies. And you'll see his name on credit sometime for some of the movies. How long did Faulkner live? He he died in the sixties. Okay. And he he went to uh, Hollywood to write to, to be a screenplay writer, and uh, he just got so aggravated with them he didn't know what to do, and so he said, one day he told him that he he'd had enough. He was going home. What he meant was he's going back to Mississippi. They could just have Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah. So he, he just left him hanging there. But he was a screenwriter for some time in Hollywood. Well, you know, you got to understand that most authors, I mean, they love, they put so much sweat and mental energy yeah. into a book, and then Hollywood is just going to just butcher it to no, death. No, he just, he just. And they went, typically don't get along. No, no, but he went home all the way to Mississippi. <laughs> they thought you know? he was going home to his apartment. They missed that one. Well, we've been to his house. Yeah, his house is called Roanoke, and there is a connection between the Shegog family in Murray County and that house. Really? Yeah, I can't tell you what it is right off, but there's a connection between our Shegogs and that house in in Oxford, Mississippi, and it's called Roanoke, R-O-W-A-N. Well, Oxford is also the home of Ole Miss, Miss. and it's in the northern part of the state. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. in my next life, I want to go to school there, (laughs) (laughs) and I want to be in the band. (laughs) You you know, uh, I mean, the beauty of the women that go to Ole Miss is legendary. Oh, it is. And in fact, I kind of think, if I remember right, I mean, there's there's a, you'll like this stat, Sarah Elizabeth, I think there are nine... Miss Americas have I think come have come out well, of the University of Mississippi. Yeah, I think that's right. Or Something to, like that. Yeah. Well, I I wanted to go to Ole Miss, and I was going to go and get a degree in Southern Studies, and MTSU got my heart before the, <laughs> before know, I decided. And we to go went to, down there. Well, Ole Miss has got an absolutely fine law school. Yes. Yes, and they, that is also the center for Southern Studies. Yes. They have a whole. Uh, department or maybe building mm-hmm. dedicated to Southern studies. I'll tell you an interesting story that just reminds me. If you've ever been to Oxford, they have a huge square. Oh yeah. Oh yes, it's lovely. Yeah, and 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 it's double decker. Yeah. So you know you got a lot of bars and stuff like that that's double decker. Well, there was a, about uh, I wish uh, Coach was in here, but about I don't know about eight years ago, eight or ten years ago, whatever. Ole Miss beat Alabama in football two years in a row, once at Alabama and and once at Ole Miss. Well, Archie Manning <laughs> has a home all, right off the square. He does. He does, yes. And it's got this, uh, I think it's brick, but it's got a brick staircase, you know, leading down. It's elevated a little bit with a brick staircase kind of leading down to the street. And anyway, Archie, you know, obviously – uh, in fact, come to think of it, I don't know if Eli, no, Eli wouldn't have been quarterback. He'd been the pros then. But, but anyway, he just said it was a big celebration, and they were all going crazy. And he said, I finally figured it out that it was a, as 
how big it was and how much it meant. He said, when the goalpost came by my house for the second time in a row, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were parading the goalpost all over town. You know, the student body was. Kind of like what happened at UT. <laughs> yeah. They right parade the goalpost yeah. around. Kind of what happened over there. Sheila, you mentioned uh, a guy. Now you know it's funny how this turns into the history hour, but it's always great. Uh, well, it's it's you know, fun. It's fun. It's, it, it's also interesting. A lot of it local, but you know, you mentioned a guy uh, uh, that we said was a Renaissance man, Thomas yeah. Jefferson. Yes. And you just said you just ate up everything you well, could find I, on I him. Well, I take reading spells like that. One one summer, I read everything I could find about Alexander Hamilton because I was going to see the musical. But then Sarah Elizabeth went and she said I wouldn't like it. So I'm just, well. She no. <laughs> she said it wouldn't suit me. I have I'm part of the Puritan Renaissance. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I, my wife and I did watch the um, the televised. It's an excellent show. Version of it. We, I, we couldn't understand it. Well, it, I, I it's just... It's choppy. Oh, well, I wouldn't but like But I'm... I, you know... But I, but I do... It's a I, modern Broadway play. So. Yeah. Well, but I take spells like that, and then I, I'll read everything I can possibly find uh, about. And I did Jefferson. I did Alexander Hamilton. I've done a lot with Ben Franklin because he was in the American Literature book, and there's a lot to to say about Ben Franklin. and uh, Well, Franklin's another re- Renaissance man. Yeah. You talk oh, about yeah. a guy that But they a... were all contemporaries, and you, you, you wonder... Yeah. There, there's a song in Hamilton, The Room, where it happened. I would just like to sit in a room with Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson and just listen to them. And that, that, that all those people... You, and you John say, Adams, yeah. You, think, you can think why, or you can see why people think that that there was providential wisdom that God put these people all together who could think seriously enough to put this country together. Well, that first Continental Congress, I mean, there are some absolutely brilliant yeah, minds. Yeah, all oh, at yeah. the same place at the same time. Yeah, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just unbelievable, the quality and the breadth of the of yeah. the, uh, of the intellect and they that were, was there. They, they, they were not perfect we could find lots of things about all of them but they they were able to put their differences aside long enough to put something together that's worked all these over 200 years now yeah as they used to say they cobbled it together yeah they did yes. boy that's yeah, a word you don't hear anymore no, no. well they did. Oh, where's our bell yeah, Scott's well, word did, bell. They did. Uh, they were familiar with John Locke and Rousseau and Hobbes and all those philosophers of uh, European philosophers. They put all those ideas into form in America. Some of them didn't. They didn't necessarily agree with. Uh, all of them didn't agree with what they were following. But uh, a great deal of our government is set up on those philosophies that those people had learned. Do you remember what any of those differences were? By chance? Well, there was a big, well, this has not gone away. Who's going <laughs> to be more powerful? Is it going to be the federal government? Is oh, it gonna gotcha. be, or is it going to be the, the states? How much sovereignty do, are the states going to have? How much are they going to have to give up in order to be a part of the union? Well, that's never going to be answered. Yeah. That's never, that's still That's still ongoing. It yes. is. It never stopped. And and once again it's a question of power. 
like so many things in, in politics and in government, who, who's got the power? Who makes the well, rules? you know, and you bring up an, uh, along that line uh, is that, if I remember right, there was a pretty big debate on um, whether or not the president was really going to be set up almost like a king. Yes, thank yes. George Washington yes. could have been king if he'd wanted to. And he chose not to. But, you know, there's that checks and balances where yeah. everybody kind mm-hmm. of... Yeah. Though it does seem like the Supreme Court does have the final say. Well, it does. Oh. Of yeah. late. Of late. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's just, to me, just Do you know that you can go sit at the Supreme Court for like 15 minutes or less and listen to them argue and then rotate out? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The um, line was huge when we were in D.C., just go, sit there and listen. Just to go sit and listen for, I don't think it's, 15 minutes may be too long, but for a few minutes you can go sit and listen and you're asked to, the pages ask you to get up and you leave. Well, you know, I mean, it's that's not a lot different than our own state legislature. I mean, you know, yes. you should, it the people should have access to their government. Yes. 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 And I think it's important, I to do that, to see the inner workings of the government. Well, we don't, so. we don't teach enough civics. We don't teach enough civics that children understand well, how I'll the have you know that works. when I was in eighth grade uh, at Whitthorn in the old Central High School building, that we had a civics class. We most certainly did. Gene Hughley taught my civics class. And it was wonderful. I had a man named Mr. Houston. I don't remember what Mr. Houston's first I don't name remember was. Him. But, but but I still remember things that I learned in the eighth grade about elections, about commissions, about and, and we 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 are so busy trying to teach our children to be engineers and this STEM or STEAM or whatever it is that we don't teach them how to be a good American. Well, you know who you know where they do that. Uh, go take the test that an that an immigrant has to take oh, to, to, to become a citizen. Yes, I is. had a friend in Nashville. She immigrated from uh, Mexico City, and she was studying for it. Um, she had the, the she had note cards laying on her desk, but she had a full printout of what it was. She handed it to me. She said, "Sarah Elizabeth, this is what is all this?" And I looked at it, and when I taught at MTSU, the first thing I gave my students was that to see where they were wow and they they said people have to know this i said you should know this oh yeah yeah like all the parts of the government and all the you know who was the first president and i got and the constitution and the bill of rights well i had i had a question but we only got a minute left so <laughs> I, uh, terry do you have any programming stuff that you we want to throw out there oh uh, we got the atlanta braves baseball uh tonight and tomorrow at five and then uh uh, uh, Sunday at noon, and then we got NASCAR races from Talladega this weekend, uh, two thirty on this station one hundred one point seven, and Sunday at uh, one o'clock on uh, one hundred one point seven. What you're listening to right now? So that's pretty much it. Okay, so right now you got little league baseball coming up at some point. Little next Thursday is the kickoff for the little league baseball. We'll be doing double headers every Thursday. Who's going to be broadcasting? As uh, far as I know, uh, Big Lou Maddox and myself. Okay. We'll be. Uh, are y'all going to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game"? Or are I, y'all going to have guest singers? I year? generally have guest singers come in. I haven't decided whether I'm going to do that or not. It's tough to get some of the local artists to come out, but I've had a lot of them show up. So, well, that's fun. Like Mackie Kaler and Brendan Allen, Sean Carson, and 
Uh, those people, they usually will come out and do it for me.